how did you first get involved with Woodstock? Who contacted you, and, and what was your initial job description? I went to um, I went to William Morris Agency as I used to do every week, and I'd sit with Hector Morales, a young agent there, mm-hmm. and uh, because Lieber and Krebs both were, of course, much too busy and much too sophisticated for you know some lighting guy to sit and chat with him about who's touring and what's coming in and out of town. <laughs> And Hector said, hey, this curly-headed kid is booking everything in sight. I think you better get in touch with him. Here's his number. So I called him up, and I, uh, we, we arranged to meet and um, on the next on the next afternoon or next early evening. And then I freaked because I didn't know where I'm going to take him. So I called um, John Morris's wife, Annie Weldon, at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she's one of these English ladies that lives in Liberty Printville. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine everything was absolutely perfect. <laughs> so the cheese tray and then the glasses of wine and everything was very nice indeed. And, and then um, Michael and I had a you know long conversation about you know uh, what was his idea and what was his look and what was his feeling and you know and he's so zen it was very difficult getting specifics out of him because you know. As a technician and as a designer, I have—I really—I uh, like to know what the measurement of something is. <laughs> yeah. When, when you discuss it in, in the in the terms of aura, it's a little difficult for me to you know, <laughs> the price. So anyway, I got I, that one. That just about got over, and then John Morris, who was Anne's uh, husband, uh, just jumped in and decided that he, because he knew Frank Barcelona, who was an agent in New York at that time, mm-hmm. that he was going to co-produce with Michael Lang. So that was the only distraction in taking him to Annie's house <laughs> for drinks, was that, I, that Morris signed on, too. Yeah, well, we, sp- we speak upon occasion, but not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he stole my thunder. <laughs> so you're hired, uh, and then you uh, head out. When you got there to the site, and well, what were your first impressions? First we went to Wallkill, which was the first site we had, and it was a construction site. looked at like a subdivision. was all rock and shale. Yeah. There wasn't a blade of grass anywhere. Then the kids, wonderfully enough, as we started booking acts, I think the first act that was booked was the Jefferson Airplane, and then it started to grow from there. The kids started going home to their parents, whom we were hiring and who were helping us, you know, mm-hmm. the local boys yeah. and girls. And they, they, they ended up uh, telling their, their, their moms and dads, hey, this is going to be something. Guess who they're booking, you know, <laughs> and the town freaked. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Drove us out, I don't know, on the 15th of, uh, on the 15th, a month, exactly a month before the first show at, of at Bethel. Wow. On the 16th, Michael was with a realtor driving around that area in, in, uh, in a car, and uh, uh, Stan Goldstein and a couple other people were with him, and uh, he just, he, he drove by the bowl and car screeched to a halt, <laughs> and he told everybody, the realtor was very, very verbose and, and really, uh, you know, hey, here we go, let's, you know, let's, <laughs> let's make a sale so I can make a commission, and, you know, <laughs> and he just told everybody to shut up and sit in the car, and he went up to, uh, to the front door and knocked on the door, and out came Max, and they walked to the center of the field, made a deal, and that was it. A half a million young people can get together. And have three days of fun and music. And have nothing but fun and music. And I God bless you for it. Wow. But unfortunately, there was a great deal that was built in the Wallkill already that had to be taken down and moved to Bethel. And Max's alfalfa crop 
had to be mowed first because that, you know, fed all his cattle. Yes. So we had to wait around for about, oh, maybe about four or five days, which took another week off of. So we had about three weeks left to, to finish it up. Mm-hmm. And that's why it never really got finished. It wasn't his crop that held us back. It's just you can't do that much in three weeks. Right. The ticket booths weren't in the right place, you know, the, or they were, they were mired in, in mud down at backstage, and they never go with the other funny little wheels. They never got to where they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, the fences were never completely up. Uh, it, was, it was loose, it, and it was relaxed, and it was... But having lost the fam- that uh, oh, formalness, was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us. There were two things that were that were considered to be uh, really crisis areas. Mm-hmm. One of which was that there was no way to take the tickets and no way to get the you know to 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 sort out the paid and unpaid people. Right. So it, uh, John Morris delightedly, uh, in in the middle of something, uh, explained that it was a free concert. It's a free concert from now on. That doesn't mean. If anything goes, what that means is we're going to put the music up here for free. But secondarily, what we did was we ended up by removing the barriers for all intents and purposes between the production and the performer and the public. Um, Michael tapped me on the shoulder at 7 o'clock in the morning on Friday morning and said, oh, by the way, we've neglected to hire an an MC, and you're it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And the first thing I think you better do is move those 50,000 people back about 10 meters. Really? Because um, um, they're too close to the stage. And I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So my first announcement was basically, well, ladies and gentlemen, I know you've all been quite comfortable because your ass now fits exactly in the little... in the little pocket that you've made to sit in. <laughs> now, well, but I'm going to have to disturb you, only for your own good, I hope. When all the rest of the people gather behind you, they will start pressing slightly forward, trying to get closer, as you have. <laughs> and you're going to end up with your nose on a piece of plywood uh, uh, that makes the, the camera platform. And for the rest of the three days, you will see absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> I think it's a good idea. If, if, if you, I hope you don't mind, but pick up everything you've got and prepare to take ten giant steps backwards. Right? <laughs> I'm terribly sorry to do this to you, but I think you'll appreciate it later on. So, and it worked. Wow! And two guys came out and with with hammers and took the two little fence posts and the piece of clothesline. I moved it back 10 meters, and that was the barrier. <laughs> I mean, as I, as I said, it was very relaxed. <laughs> wow. were, were you a little freaked out stepping out on stage first time? Oh, little. This sight is hard to believe. We're up over the trees now. We're coming in over the top of the main stage of this music festival. And for easily a half a mile, all we can see on this hilltop are people. I mean, it must have been a little terrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, it was, it was quite, it was, I was quite surprised they could hear my voice over my knees knocking. <laughs> just, oh, horrifying. But it, it, it just, uh, you know, as sometimes things, you know, sometimes things just work. Yeah.
The, the interesting story, and I, I was going through the DVD, the special edition, and there's a great little interview of you in there as well, mm -hmm. and uh, a variety of announcements that you've uh, made and have become legendary, iconic, you know, stay away from the brown acid. There is an interesting, <laughs> yeah, right. an interesting right. story behind that one, right, with the doctors coming up to you and saying, you've got to be very, very careful about this. No, I just said this, you know, that um, when you got a moment, you better tell people to get off that, get get away from that brown acid because it doesn't look as though it's working too well. <laughs> and then he, he went back to his tent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had to try and figure out how to make that kind of delicate because if, uh, regardless of, you know, you never knew how many people had taken it. Yeah. And um, uh, if if a lot had, it could have been, you know. Um, really kind of pandemonium and, and could have taken anybody who was moderately settled or calm or having a fairly reasonable time on it yeah. would then have had a bad time. Uh, to get back to the uh, the warning that I've received, you may take it with how many, however many grains of salt you wish, that the brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good. How did you juggle lighting and being the MC at the same time? That must have been a little complicated. Uh, well, it was it was pretty easy because when when we were setting up all the instruments and everything on the stage, uh, because the turntables had been broken, and I'll explain that very briefly in a minute. Yeah. Um, the the stage crew was setting up under practically under my direction while announcements were being made, and then the moment the music started, all of us that were free would go down underneath the stage. And which was completely covered with black velour, which were the curtains that we were uh, attempting to to hang on the roof, mm -hmm. which of course we never got up, and um, and we did follow spot classes. It was like you, uh, if 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 anybody knows anything about a carbon arc follow spot or has ever run a follow spot, just walk up to the the barrier and tap the security guard on the shoulder and tell him please that you're in you're going to go in for follow spot class. <laughs> so I had uh, I had one extra operator every evening available in case somebody caved, and we had twelve follow spots and did the whole show with just those twelve carbon ox, and um, there was six hundred and fifty thousand watts underneath the stage just sitting there rusting, wow, unable to be hung because we couldn't get the Joshua Light Show screen up, we couldn't get the um, we couldn't get any lighting up, we didn't even have enough uh, all those canvas sails that were supposed to look like fish scales. Um, that were supposed to cover that roof, unfortunately, didn't get up either. It was only one piece over the downstage edge. And <laughs> the amusing thing was that during the during the period of rain, after we stopped for a brief moment, and then we can realize that we were appropriately grounded after we went through everything very quickly with a meter and found out that there wasn't any hazard. Yeah. That the best thing to do was just keep going. But the 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 rain had had really started to collect in this in this one piece of of canvas that was over the downstage area. Now, there's two ways of getting rid of that. You know, <laughs> if you had a, a, a half a brain in your head, you'd ask everybody at all four sides of that to please move away, and you'd move anything that was delicate or electronic or something out of the way of where this water was going to come pouring off the four edges of this tarpaulin. And you'd push it up in the middle with a two-by-four or a four-by-two, as you call it, or whatever, mm -hmm. and the water could, would come spilling out, and then it would go back to its relaxed position again and still be protection for the artist at the downstage center area. Mm. Well, this guy on my crew decided without a specific instruction that he had a better idea. So he, t he, 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 <laughs> he gaffer taped his 
pen knife to the end of a, po- uh, a bamboo post <laughs> or a pole oh. and just stuck it in the middle of the of the tarp. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it was during the Joe Cocker performance, and that's why he doesn't look quite as well as he could have. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Oh, it must have been about 200, 300 gallons of water. It just immediately just dropped on him. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, he was having a hard enough time as it was. He didn't need that. No kidding. <laughs> but the rain was, I must tell you, I think that uh, we were blessed in a strange way. That it was really a unifying factor. Hey, if you think really hard, maybe we can stop this rain. Everybody looked at everybody else, whether it was a production or whether it was uh, the audience or whether it was the performer. We all looked like a bunch of drowned rats. There was no way of escaping it. There were, the, the water was running down the hill to, at such a degree. The, uh, perf- the, perform- the performer's pavilion, close quote, in the back of the stage. Right. And we had to put pallets from, for the forklift on the, on the ground to keep the, to, so you could walk through it without being wet. Up to your knees, <laughs> you know. It's just, and then they took it over as a, as a medical tent. So the performers then had nowhere to go. So then they went up on stage, which was drier. Yeah. And unfortunately, I had five half circles of a turntable, ah. and each one of those five were preset for uh, the first five bands. And as number one had finished, that that would be rolled up to the back of the stage. All of band number one's material would come off of that, and it would become band number six. Right. So, and then you'd just roll them down, connect them to the spine, which was like a big propeller, for all intents and purposes, Mm -hmm. with great bearings and everything in the middle. And you'd spin it, you know, um, 180 degrees, and um, then there was the pre-miked, preset, ready to go, band number two. (laughs) Well... Because it was about oh, a little bit over a foot elevation, it, 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 everybody thought, well, this is nice. We can stand on this and we can see a little better. So I got you know, 20, 30, 40 people who are guests on the stage, which would have been very nice if they just stayed a little further back from the action. <laughs> and um, so they all stand on it and boom, all the casters break off. Oh, no. So we chucked the wagons off the back of the stage <laughs> and went back to the old manual of... Pick this up, take that off. Bring, pick this one up, bring it on. Take, take that off. Bring this on. And that would, that happened with microphones and amplifiers and uh, and monitor speakers and this everything that you could imagine. But for, you know, drum sets didn't even have a riser anymore because they, that was all built onto the turntable. Right. So we could didn't even have the pleasure of moving a drum set on a riser on wheels. Wow. <laughs> you know, so it really, so it kind of slowed us down, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So that's why we had twenty-four hour, you know, music for three days. Yeah, bands you were privileged to see. Your favorite at Woodstock? What would you say? Well, I think I think you know I think almost everybody's uh, favorite turned out to be Sly and the Family Stone. Strangely enough. <laughs> Sebastian was a delight. Richie Havens had more balls than you could shake a stick at. I mean, he, freedom he made up on the spot. Freedom, freedom, freedom. My uh, my favorite for me for for lighting purposes and for for um, for timing and precision were Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Really? It's getting to the point where I'm no fun. 
Yeah, I really uh, that because I I had um, worked them once at the Fillmore, which was their first performance, mm-hmm. and that and uh, as Stephen said on the on the album, um, this is our second performance. <laughs> and then you know there was there, there was there was certain excitements like Santana and things like that who actually um, didn't even have a record deal at that time. Exactly. And Woodstock was was very interesting in as much as it ca- literally catapulted. You know, some acts into into major stardom. I assume you stayed until the bitter end when Hendrix played for a rather sparse crowd. Yes, yeah, uh, I, and then we took the helicopter and went directly to New York and did the Dick Cavett show with let's see, CSN, mm-hmm. the airplane, and Joni Mitchell showed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, because that's what uh, Elliot Rabinowitz or Elliot Roberts, as his, as he chose to call himself before his became famous. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Geffen decided that uh, why bother to go upstate for, you know, for, for you know, some mud fest of 50,000 people when you've got the Cabot Show the next day, which is far more important. Yeah. So everybody comes into the Cabot Show completely filthy and mud-soaked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Joni's all sitting there in her cute little dress, you know, <laughs> having been sensible enough to stay in the hotel and write a song. <laughs> yeah. I think she. I think she felt a little left out. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> An incredible, uh, incredible three days of. Uh, it's pretty. And it just seems like yesterday. <laughs> 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 the funny part about it is you can't get rid of it. The, 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 I sometimes I wake up early, earlier than this, and um, the sometimes the the things that run through my head and the the, the times that I wish I'd said I'm sorry and the things that I wished I hadn't done. And then uh, every now and then uh, the list of failures shows up. <laughs> it's just and my and uh, you know the uh, Woodstock, for all intents and purposes, a, a, as a technical effort, couldn't have been worse. The the way we got away with it, I don't know, you know. But every uh, I think um, I think the audience was was excep- exceptionally polite and very forgiving. You know, they don't do that now. You know. Yeah. Me, me, me. Everybody has an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much.